0: You are about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast, season two, episode three. That's 28 episodes in total. Today's conversation is with my friend, Tim Stansel. I met Tim many years ago as a work colleague, but over the years, I consider Tim more of a friend than a colleague. Tim and I have gone on long bike rides together. We've worked on projects together at work, and we've had some great, deep conversations. I invited Tim to join me today to discuss an amazing and brave weight loss adventure he is on. He's lost over 100 pounds in less than two years. Ready to hear more? Let's get started. Hello, yes, who? It's Mediocre Mitch, welcoming you to season two, episode three of the Meet Mediocrity podcast. My guest today is Tim Stansel, and we're going to talk about his amazing weight loss and what it has meant to him. And not just in terms of smaller pant waists. Um, but before we get into that, I want to take a minute to share some Meet Mediocrity observations. One of our regular listeners can you believe it? I actually have regular listeners, uh, sent me an email saying that she observed something about mediocrity and our guests. She said the vast majority of them have accomplished some great health and wellness successes, but they all seem to have tried different things at different times in their lives. In other words, their current success and very likely their future success is a long and winding road. Thank you, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. A journey. And, and very importantly, a journey that evolves as a person needs, as personal circumstances and personal desires evolve, and as life happens. I was so excited that this listener observed that because that is what me- mediocrity is all about. You have a need, you come up with a behavior or an activity that will fulfill that need, you try out that behavior or that activity. And what happens? You're mediocre at it, but don't stop there. Meet mediocrity means you should keep going. Or like our t-shirts say, you can sometimes be mediocre, but always be trying. Speaking of t-shirts, I have a new t-shirt giveaway. So first off, guess what? We have given away over 100 t-shirts. And so here's how I'm going to give away the next 10 free t-shirts this weekend. All you need to do is go on social media or my meetmediocrity.com website and send me a picture of you doing your favorite wellness activity. Are you reading? Are you dieting? Are you doing puzzles? Yoga, meditating, cycling, running, it doesn't matter. Post a picture of yourself doing your current wellness activity and write hashtag meetmediocrity. I'm getting you a free Meet Mediocrity t-shirt just for doing that. It's that simple. Now, on to today's guest, Tim Stansel. Tim's a really great guy, and he's, frankly, he's very strong at cycling. But here's the deal. Tim has always struggled with his weight. He's what I would call an an up and downer, but an up and downer in a drastic way. Up a lot, down a lot. In today's conversation, you'll learn how Tim has now lost over 100 pounds, why he did it, and how it has positively impacted his life. I am not going to tell Tim's story here. I'm going to let you hear it from him firsthand. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Tim Stansel. So Tim, thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me, Mitch.
0: Um, So, Tim, I've known you a long time. I invited you to join my podcast because you've had a very successful weight loss, and you look great, and you you sound great, and you seem great. But um, it hasn't been easy, and it hasn't been immediate. It's been a long journey. So what I want to do is... Start at the beginning. You know, you've always been athletic. Um, tell me a little bit about your um, your fitness, your athletics, your athletic goals, and um, tell me how weight played into those athletics.
1: Sure. So I, um, you know, I participated in sports in in high school. I ran track and, and cross country. Um, have always enjoyed the outdoors and have been active. Um, I really got into cycling. In 2000, I joined the PMC, the Pan Mass Challenge, which is a, yep. um, a cycling event for the, to benefit the Dana Farber Cancer Research Center, and did that for 10 years. And really, Wait, fell you, in did, love the, with you did the you did
0: the Pan Mass um, Challenge for 10 years. I did it for 10 years and I probably hit you up for
1: at least six of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was 10 years. And it's amazing because that's like a bit remind me what, the, I think it's a two day event and I know there are, there are long rides on both days, but what is it exactly?
1: It's a, it is a two day event and it goes from Sturbridge to Provincetown in Massachusetts. And it's 198 miles over the two days. It's a, it's a fantastic event. Um, and you know, I'm very proud of the fact I raised over seventy thousand dollars over the ten years. Uh, wow, that was so my you, contribution.
0: <laughs> so that's amazing. So you did you did that for 198 miles over two days? Oh, vey, that's ridiculous. But um, okay, so you did that for ten years. So you you were probably in pretty good shape at that point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I'm I'm not a um, you know a crazy athlete but i could do long distances and you know it probably my cycling peaked in probably 2009 i did uh the longest day which is a one-day ride from high point in new jersey to cape may which is the basically the full length of new jersey and that was 208 miles and in a single day yeah, that's a lot of time in the saddle.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, forget about the legs. My rear end would be killing that, me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you're at the pine barrens and it's just straight and then you start hallucinating. It was it was pretty crazy. So and, um, and, and you
0: did that for fun. Interesting.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was one of these things to you challenge yourselves. Um, you know, and I've done other long rides, 150 miles. Um and you, you, know, you, you we, wrote
0: you did two you did two long rides with me out to Montauk, so I remember those. Yeah,
1: yeah those are a lot of fun. Those yeah. are a lot of fun. And um, you know, I've I've gone to participate in the Maratona de Dolomites, which is a ride in Italy in the Dolomites. Um, there's about eleven thousand cyclists. Um and there are three different courses ranging from 34 miles to 86 miles, but the altitude is anywhere from 5,800 feet of climbing to about 14,000 feet of climbing. And um, I did that twice and I was about 270 pounds. And that was a a suffer fest for sure.
0: Well, that's why I was just going to take this because when you started speaking about long rides, long rides are one thing, long rides, climbing. So for those of you who don't know tim tim's not a small guy um he you know I, I i'm the first to admit that i i do not have a cycler's body even though i love cycling tim is the same so tim you did this um italian mountain climb on a bike at 270 pounds yeah which, yeah, is and, solid, and which is a solid, which is a solid hundred pounds more than the real
1: cyclists. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely. So, and so that was. Go ahead. Just put your head down and turn the crank one by one, and I was always the last one up the hill, but I'd I'd make it.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's amazing. So, Tim, this is an interesting. This is the perfect segue. So. You're an active guy. You love cycling. You were a runner in high school, but weight was always a challenge for you. Why don't you tell me a little
1: bit about that? Yeah, I think, you know, um, it started about the time I got married, actually. Um, And I, you know, struggled with weight probably since around late 90s, early 2000s. My weight loss journey was, if you look at uh the bars and the charts which i keep for some reason um it was it, well when it you do like when a, you're doing solid, well
0: when you're doing well you look back and
1: you, you're proud of yourself when you're not doing well you look at
0: it and you're miserable about it
1: oh absolutely absolutely um and i definitely went through highs and lows both weight and uh emotions but um you know i i, I eventually was up to three hundred and sixty-three pounds. That was my all-time high in two thousand nineteen. Three hundred and
0: sixty-three pounds, and that uh, was two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So that was a little, yeah. little over a year
1: ago. Yeah, um, okay. and that was very, very demoralizing. I, you know, I would get on the bike very infrequently, um, and you know, be winded going up the stairs, and you know, it was just not a pleasant place to be.
0: Well, I know you have a, I know you have a busy job. I know you have, um, and, you know, an active family life. So it sounds like what happened was things other than fitness and diet took a front seat and fitness and diet took a back seat and then it just snowballed. But before you knew it, you were at a peak weight that made you unhappy.
1: Uh, I think that's, that's a good way to summarize it. And, and you get to a point where you know, it's so discouraging. Um, it's, it's very hard when you, you know, you're not seeing progress and I've done, you know, Weight Watchers and Atkins and South Beach and done medically supervised weight programs and, you know, to various degrees of success, but I would never keep off the weight, which was, was, you know, very disheartening. And, and so my, weight swings would get larger and larger and larger until I'm swinging at, you know, 40, 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just, that's not good for your heart. That's not good, you know, for your psyche. Uh, you know, my family was getting concerned. And so I knew there was something that had to be done.
0: Well, you know, the other thing is that, you know, I've, I've been um, speaking on this podcast for prob since the beginning. So we've been doing this podcast for about, 5 months and I've been saying for 5 months I wanted to lose 20 pounds. Now the good news is I still want to lose 20 pounds, meaning I don't want to lose 50 pounds. Um mm-hmm. but I haven't made any progress on the 20 and and the issue that you had Tim is when when it starts to snowball out of control. Losing 20 pounds is one thing, losing 50 pounds is another, losing 100 pounds is another and all of a sudden the mountain Pardon the pun. The mountain becomes so high that you're like, "Oh, forget it," and it just gets it gets worse and worse.
1: Yeah, it snowballs absolutely. So,
0: but you, so you hit a breaking point sometime in 2019 um, that made you kind of change your life. So, why don't you tell me about the breaking point and tell me um how you changed your life?
1: Sure, I, I had a few different things, but the the one um, kind of defining moment for me. I was in Japan um, with a client out for dinner and we went to this restaurant and went to sit down and it was a full restaurant, very nice. And I couldn't fit into the seat. It had arms and I was just too wide. Uh, So I had to stand there while the the waiters tried to find a, a chair without arms and that was just the ultimate humu- humiliation for me now just to be um, clear
0: and, japan probably has pretty small chairs they, they their furniture tends to be do. smaller than here in america but nonetheless standing there waiting for a chair without arms had to be incredibly yeah. embarrassing
1: it, it was it was um and you know you, i was in front of a colleague and a client and mm-hmm. just you know the, for me that was that was an all-time low yeah so Yep. So, so what
0: else? So what, so what, so where did that take you, Tim?
1: So I knew something had to be done and I knew it had to be fairly drastic because, you know, at this point I've tried everything. Um, And so I looked into weight loss surgery and ended up doing a a vertical sleeve gastrectomy where they, they remove basically about 85% of your stomach and they do, it's a, a laparoscopic procedures so they have you know like six or seven little incisions in your in your belly and they go in um, laparoscopically and so i did that in february uh, february 12 2019 so is that exact- is that is that different than gastric bypass Yeah, it is a little bit different. Or it's a a form of it, or or, it it is a form of it. So gastric bypass, not only do they do the VSG, the vertical sleeve gastrectomy, but they actually reroute your intestines a little bit. Okay. Um, And so what that the the main difference on that is that you're you're not um, you're not ingesting as many um, minerals and and vitamins, and so you have to supplement more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think. You know, and and it really, I think that one is is more for you know severely over obese
0: you know individuals, right. which
1: I was. <laughs> but- so you so you were able to go to
0: the doctor, say you know, but between you and your doctor, you agreed that that your weight was becoming a serious health issue, and um, you had this, you were able to have this procedure. And you said that was February. So that was about 16 months ago. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So what did you need to do to prepare for that? I mean, and 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 how was the recovery from that?
1: So there, there's a few things because, um, the, they want to make sure that not only are you, um, physically prepared. And, and by that, you have to show evidence of weight loss. And um, you also have to be kind of mentally prepared as well. And so um, one of the things about these surgeries is it is almost a, a, a temporary boost. Um, it certainly is, is pretty drastic. But over time, if you don't change your habits and continue to eat poorly, you can regain weight and so they want to make sure that not only are you prepared and and serious about it from a physical pers- perspective but from a nutritional perspective it's just as important to make sure that you're changing you know the what's you're eating you know you're you're going to um you know less carbs less sweets less sugars that kind of thing
0: so interesting so you had the procedure um and tell me about what happened after the procedure in the kind of shortly after the procedure in terms of recovery being able to begin eating again the healing process was that um was it long
1: was it short tell me a little bit about that you know it looking back on it it wasn't that bad but um the the procedure itself is an hour maybe an hour and a half okay. um i was in the hospital for two nights um and, and and hospital stays will be anywhere from one to two nights. Okay. They actually get you up and walking later that day, albeit slowly, mm-hmm. just to ensure that you're moving and there are no blood clots or anything like that. Right, of course. Um, and and you're limited in your diet. Um, you you basically start with liquids, then you go to um, like jellos or mm-hmm. you know soft um, food. Right. And you work your way up over a period of eight to 10 weeks to to more kind of harder to digest food. But Mm -hmm. initially, your stomach is so constrained and inflamed and everything that you really you you don't have a lot of hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, You get full very quickly. And it was it was definitely a different like it wasn't a feeling of fullness it was more of a feeling of pressure um mm. over time that kind of dissipates and it becomes more normalish um but you know as you're kind of going through it you're very very conscious of what you're eating and what you're drinking um
0: so that so you so at the beginning which which is makes perfect sense. At the beginning, your eating was constrained by physical limitations, right? You were recovering from a procedure, it didn't feel comfortable to eat, you know, it didn't feel comfortable to eat very much. So you had to find a new normal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you found the new normal, which you said eight to 10 weeks, so let's just call it two to three months, you started to eat, quote, normally, but it wasn't necessarily the normal for Tim. Because Correct. you couldn't eat as much and you were trying to eat more healthy. So tell me like how your diet has now kind of settled in um compared to the way it was. You know, what how have you been eating differently as the new Tim versus the old Tim?
1: So I think um, you know, quant or uh, you know, portion control for sure is 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 one of the things, but um, you know, a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, more kind of good proteins. Uh, I'll eat less, more frequently. So I may have four, four meals a day. Mm -hmm. Um, drinking lots of waters is, is, um, a must and something that, you know, is, is just very important. That everyone should do. That everyone should do. Everyone. Yeah. And so just having a, you know, when I work, I just have a a glass, a big glass of water and it's become kind of secondary that, you know, you just kind of sipping here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I limit my sweets, one of the the kind of byproducts, which is kind of interesting, and, and it affects different people, different ways. But if I have like a very rich, like a, a creamy, like an ice cream or something like that, I actually feel kind of nauseous. So that was an added benefit. Um, interesting. There was unexpected. Yeah. So, um, and-, and, and I'll... No,
0: go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I I was going to say, I'll I'll still have an occasional cookie or something, but I just try to do things in moderation.
0: So let's talk results. So you were 250 plus pounds when you decided to do this. Oh, by the way, one quick question. So I'm just curious from the day you and your doctor said, okay, this is, this is something we want to pursue. Like the, yes, from Mm -hmm. that day to the day you actually had the procedure, how long was it?
1: It was about two or three months. i mean if yeah. if you okay. want the procedure covered by um insurance, most insurance companies will require proof of um, weight loss attempts as well as a psychological evaluation, and there's a few other things you have to do to kind of um, make your case, and then that gets presented. Um, and then once approved, getting it scheduled and, and set up is pretty quick.
0: Well, they want to, they want to make sure a, that you definitely need it and B that it's likely to be successful. So that makes sense. Exactly. So let's talk exactly. about results, Tim. So here we are 16, 17 months later, tell me about your weight loss. Tell me
1: about how your activity levels have changed. Sure. So uh, my all time high was 363 pounds, and I am now at 230 pounds, so I lost 133 pounds.
0: <laughs> That's unbelievable!
1: That's unbelievable, it's, it, it, it's incredible. <laughs>
0: and actually, actually, when you think about it, um, it's not it, it, that is not at a ridiculously unhealthy pace i'm thinking out loud here that's kind of in i mean i'm sure you lost a lot at the beginning and less as you went but
1: oh yeah
0: you know but that but it's not a crazy you know it's a couple pounds a week so um how did it progress tim like you know you lost 130 pounds over 15 months but how did it progress kind of short medium and to today
1: yeah so you know initially you're dropping weight very quickly so you may lose five to seven pounds a week right um which which was amazing because you know my closet you know every week I just you know take out more clothes and donate more and more (laughs) clothes um and then it kind of tapers off and and so I think I I got to you know my new my new normal weight probably about 10 months okay Okay.
0: So, so 10 months. And so now so you're kind of in maintenance mode. I mean, you might want to lose a few more pounds, but you're, but but you're kind of in maintenance mode. So um, as you moved into maintenance mode, um, I know because I follow, we follow each other on Strava, which means we get to see each other's workouts. I noticed over time you started to get back on the bike. You started to do, um, actually, I noticed that you did something that I think you did some, off-road biking and road biking, and -hmm. I know you've done, you know, some walks and hikes. So tell me a little bit about how your, um, how your activity level started to change as well.
1: So, you know, certainly frequency endurance is, is, you know, improved, but just overall enjoyment has improved. So, you know, in the past, I would always be the guy everyone waited for at the top of a hill. Um, and it's demoralizing right because you're, you're dying going i've the been hill. there you get there you get to the top and then all your buddies leave <laughs> that's right they, they're, they're
0: sitting there drinking having their having their power bars and you get to the top and you're ready to take out your water bottle And they're like okay let's go
1: yeah, and they're gone <laughs> and so now I'm, I'm one of the guys who are waiting for someone else which is really really <laughs> enjoyable yes um so I can relate. I'm still not the first one up the hill, but I'm I'm certainly a lot better. I mean, for me, it was I think one of the aha moments. I was uh, you know, taking salt down to our water softener in the basement. and I was carrying 80 pound bags of salt. <laughs> These things are heavy. And I lost, you know, over one and a half of those bags.
0: Oh, for goodness sake. That's a great you know, way of looking at it.
1: Oh, my God. Like, you know, and when you're carrying that on a bicycle, and it doesn't matter if you're road biking or, or mountain biking or just hiking. I'm, that's a lot of strain on your heart, on your knees. Um, and and so, you know, all, all of a sudden I have this, you know, weight lifted off and, you know, my mountain biking's gotten better. I've gotten a little more technical on my rides, uh, a little more agile, um, you know, outside hiking you know, it's just, it's just pure enjoyment now.
0: So looking back, so I want to first look back and then we'll look forward. So looking back, Tim, I mean, this is quite a story and quite a journey. And is there anything that you can think of that you've learned from the experience that you could take forward in your life? You know, is there something that sticks there that you're like, you know, I learned something, you know, cause I, I tell my kids, Tim, it doesn't matter whether you're successful or unsuccessful, whether something goes good or bad, as long as you have an experience, observe the experience and learn from the experience, it's all good. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your reaction to that journey you've been on thus far.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's interesting cause when I, I reflect and look back, I mean, the first thing is I wish I did it a heck of a lot earlier yeah um but you know i think one of the things for me that's important and and you kind of hit upon it is one that that you're kind of learning as you go and you know inevitably you'll hit road bumps along the way i think the the important thing is that you you kind of make small incremental changes you know not everyone's going to do weight loss surgery and and you know that's pretty drastic but. Even everyday little things like, you know, parking a little bit further away from your ultimate destination and, and walking that extra 100 feet or something like that, or taking the stairs, those little things actually go a long way. And And, you know, I think everyone gets a little bit, you know, kind of intimidated with these lofty weight goals when, you know, celebrate your successes, even if you lose a pound or if you, you know, get out for a walk. I mean, it's, it's the little things that over time kind of help the journey. Um, and so for me, I've, well, one of the things when I hit my kind of all time low, I I wrote a couple page note, I was going to start a diary, but it ended up being about two pages of how I felt. And I, I occasionally, you know, refer back to that. Um, but I think for me now, it's just celebrating the little things. And, you know, I, it's, it's just been such a pleasure and I just feel, you know, better about myself. I feel more motivated, um, more your fa- confident. Your family's
0: probably a little bit less stressed about you.
1: Very much so. Very much so. They, uh, they were pretty concerned and they had every right to be.
0: So let's look forward. This is kind of where I want to kind of move towards a wrap up. So Tim, you're not going to be without your struggles going forward because anyone who was an eater and and had the propensity to put on weight um, and you've had surgery, so your body has, has had adaptions made to it. How do you view the going forward, Tim? I mean, this, this, your, your work is not
1: completed. no, now, I you know I, I think for me I've set some goals. Um, I want to go back and and do the longer ride on the Maratona. Um, there are three distances. I did the shortest one, um, and also there there's some longer rides I'd like to do. Um, so having a little bit of a you know a goal longer term, mm-hmm. and then working towards that goal is something. But then just enjoying what i have today and not always looking forward to tomorrow um i think is very very important you know too often i think people focus on what they don't have and don't relish and take you know pride or or enjoyment from what they have today and so for me it's it's a little bit day by day um but you know always just being grateful and and um trying not to lose that
0: well um i'm not i'm just going to say this uh i was thinking as we were having this conversation that i really ought to be more grateful because i tim am 230 pounds and i've been bitching about not losing 20 pounds that i want to lose i should be thankful that i didn't have to lose 130 to get here (laughs) um but you know tim this has been a great conversation and you know first of all i really appreciate you sharing because you know you had an extreme struggle but we all have struggles and Mm -hmm. the fact that you just you know i don't care whether you did it earlier or later you did something to improve yourself and that's a huge move so kudos to you and congratulations to you Um, thank you very much for being with me. And third, um, we're, we're in July, Tim. So we have to make a promise to each other that we will go for a bike ride together sometime in the next kind of month or two at most. Fair
1: enough. Absolutely. I would love that.
0: Although I, I have a feeling that you're going to be waiting for me at the top of the hill.
1: That's okay. I'll give you
0: a few minutes to recover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> thanks, Mitch. Take right, care. Bye bye. Okay. So, look, I am not suggesting that weight loss surgery is for everyone. I'd love to lose some weight, and I'm not really a weight loss surgery candidate. However, it's really not about that. Tim's journey led him to a an important inflection point. He took action, and that is what's admirable, and that's what I admire. And not only did he take action, he embraced his action. In fact, you could just tell by his tone of voice and his words that he's in a really good place, and he is ready to take his journey to the next level. In fact, he also readily recognizes that his journey will never end. So the fact that Tim readily agreed to join the podcast and tell his story tells me that he's in a good place and my wish is for Tim to keep moving forward and never to give up on himself. I also hope Tim and I actually do find a weekend this August to go for a bike ride together. So one more thing. I am approaching a thousand followers on Instagram, which for me is a big deal it's kind of funny because most teenagers and 20-somethings have way more than that. And, and they just do it with their friends. But Meet Mediocrity having a 1,000 Instagram followers will be super cool. So, this week, can you please tell all your friends to follow me on Instagram? And add a hashtag Meet Mediocrity to your posts. That way you have a chance at winning a free t-shirt. But with your help, I can get to 1,000 followers by the end of this weekend. Or maybe a few days after. But please help. (laughs) And so with that, keep smiling, stay healthy, be well, take care, everyone.